welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Monday, June 28th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. On today's show, you'll hear from U.S. women's national team coach Vladko Andonovsky. The national team is preparing for the Olympic Games next month in Tokyo, and the U.S. women, the world's dominant team, has some extra incentive. They finished off the podium in Rio in 2016, that after winning the World Cup a year earlier. They'd go on to win the next World Cup in 2019. That was the last competition for Coach Jill Ellis. Now the team is coached by Andonovsky, who calls Kansas City home. He coached the first women's professional team here and won two NWSL championships. In 2019, he was named Coach of the National Team, and so far so good. The teams played 21 games, won 20 of them, and tied one. But the big competition awaits next month. Star columnist Vahe Gregorian and I spoke with Andonovsky earlier this month. The team was in Houston for a series of friendlies, and the final roster had not been set yet. Since our recording, it has been, and we'll end the show by introducing the team. Well, I won't make the introductions. Coach Ted Lasso of AFC Richmond will. He and his assistant, Coach Beard, had the honors on social media last week. I think you'll enjoy that. So let's get started talking U.S. women's national team, the pressure of the job, and other topics with Vladko Andonovsky. What are the objectives between now and the beginning of the of the Olympics for you know, shaping the team? So there, there are a few things. First, in this camp, uh, the, the roster is not announced yet. So we are definitely going to take a little bit um, of approach of evaluating the, the players uh, or evaluating some of the players uh, before we make the final decision. But at the same time, we're going to... Um, try to uh, play in the team uh, that we believe or the players that we believe will get to play in the in the Olympics uh, or play significant minutes in the Olympics and uh, allow them to play together and uh, synchronize the, the lines, the subgroups and uh, allow them to, to work together. Laco, as, as Blair and I were talking about this and I, I realize it's sort of a bigger picture question, but what do you feel like you've learned over the last year, just in terms about dealing with the pandemic, but even how you've seen more about your team and yourself during this time? So, so first, I'll start with the pandemic. Uh, uh, it wasn't easy. It was really hard, uh, obviously, for, uh, for obvious reason. But uh, from the from the sports standpoint, from the uh, soccer standpoint, it was hard because we, we couldn't see the players, uh, we couldn't we couldn't train, we couldn't spend time together. But in same time, uh, there were benefits from it in uh, the fact that we didn't have opponents, we didn't have games against opponents. Uh, it allowed uh, allowed us to focus solely on ourselves in our development and our development, not just as a team, but also development of the of the youth national team or in signalizing or everything and uh, creating a, a structure, creating a system that will be sustainable, not just for until the next Olympics and, or until the next World Cup, but it will be sustainable for years to come. And uh, uh, I'm sure a lot, a uh, lot, lot of players, coaches uh, are not gonna are not gonna be here. But I feel like we have the the basis for uh, for a system that will be here for uh, uh, a lot of generations. 
Now, when it comes down to the team and what I've learned about the team in, in myself is that uh, uh, it's a very interesting environment uh, that uh, regardless of what the circumstances are, they want to get better. They, they don't want to stay in the right lane. Like they, they want to be in the, in the lane, that, 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 uh, in the spe uh, speed lane, and uh, they want to they keep on progressing. I mean, I, you know, there were times where, okay, we felt like it's time to take it a, a, a step slower or take it a little bit easier. But for them, it's like, we're wasting time. We're wasting time. We got to get better. We got to get better. So it's a, it's a constant demand uh, or constant. Uh, it, it's an interesting appetite to get better, to improve, to evolve, uh, to develop. And uh, uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's an interesting um, interesting dynamics because it teaches you. Or uh, at first, it, if you feel like you're forced to do to to meet those demands, but then it teaches you to uh, or teaches me individually, personally, to get better, to constantly get better, so I can serve the players the the best way possible. You know, Vlaiko, the you know the U.S. you know was really. <laughs> Um, you know, we, we were hurt pretty badly by the pandemic, but came out of it before other nations. So I'm wondering if, uh, if the U.S. has had an advantage of, you know, being, you know, having a team together, uh, maybe an advantage over other nations in this regard. Not that you necessarily keep up with what, uh, you know, teams around the world are doing, but, um, you know, you, you got to get back on schedule and, you know, as other countries were struggling with vaccines uh, and whatnot. Right. So, like you said, I, I'm not sure what other countries have done with uh, with their sports teams, with their soccer teams, uh, especially the, the women's soccer team. Uh, but I'm pretty confident in, in what we do, and especially from the organizational standpoint, from the logistical support, that uh, we're ahead of everyone. I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's how this organization functions. And... Uh, uh, this is how, especially from the administrative standpoint, this is how we function. Is uh, what can we do to to be step ahead constantly, or to be, to be uh, better than every everyone else? Uh, whether it's uh, having an extra camp, or having an extra day, or having better environment for the players, or or having uh, open games. Uh, people at the stadiums like there's so many things that uh, that we've done it's not the one thing that that will set us apart from everybody but there are 50 things that that were a little bit ahead of everyone that will set us apart from uh, or from everybody else Laco, i'm remembering that i think it was right after you took the job we were we were talking about might be a little pressure with this job but also you saying who wouldn't want to coach the best team in the world um I wonder with the Olympics coming closer now, how you navigated that that whole thing with just feeling the joy of the job versus maybe some of the pressure of the job. Yeah, so so the pressure hasn't changed. I mean, uh, the you, you you take the you start coaching this team game one. You ex you expect it to win, even though nobody talks about it. Yeah, we're at game uh, I don't know twenty or or close to that since I started and. Uh, it hasn't changed. Nobody talks about it, but everybody expects you to win. Everybody expects you to win in a in a in a in a good fashion. Everybody expects you to play well. Everybody expects you to to do something different. Uh, 
and uh, be uh, and and win convincingly. So so the pressure hasn't changed. Uh, what what has changed is the the way we go or I go about the pressure. So initially I was uh, I was nervous or maybe even stressed about it. And now I'm excited. I'm you know, I'm looking forward to that uh, to those uh, opportunities or to those challenges. Uh, so when uh, when I talk about uh, pressure, I feel I feel privileged to to be to be pressured in in a situation like this. I mean, I, you know, I, I have a chance to coach the best team in the world and uh, take them to the Olympics. So I'm uh, like I said, uh, I'm I'm privileged with the with the opportunity and uh, with with the pressure. I, I, Blair, if you don't mind, I'll just jump in with one more thing. How Vaco? How did you go from feeling stressed to feeling? Uh, the enjoyment of the challenge. I mean, were, were there a few weeks or months where it was, a, it was a process even for you as a coach? You know, uh, there was no, like, uh, there was no thing that I did. I said, okay, from, from now, I'm not going to be stressed. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be excited. Uh, it's almost like uh, uh, falling in, when, when you're falling in love, like you don't know, there's no moment when you say, okay, from now on, I'm going to be in love with, with someone. It's a process. It's, you know, one thing after another, you, you get in this environment, you you feel the environment, you, you spend time with the, with the players and you realize that, Everybody is excited about these challenges. Like they like they're looking forward to these challenges. They love it. I mean, they, they, that's that's the environment that uh, has been created. And uh, I can't tell like a moment or a thing that I did. It's just a uh, it's just a, a process that uh, now you know. Looking back, I don't know when it happened, but I I know that uh, uh, I'm excited about it. Hey, Vladko, I'm I'm wondering about your relationship with the Olympics. Um, you, when you were, I think you're of the age where when you were a boy, the Olympics, the Winter Olympics, I think were in your country, um, in uh, Sarajevo maybe, and uh, in, in 84. 84. And I, I'm, I'm just wondering if, if you grew up as a, looking forward to Olympic games or did you, um, did, did you just enjoy the, the, the pageantry? Yeah, so whether there were summer or winter Olympics, Olympics was, uh, was Olympics for us. Uh, even though the, the summer Olympics were a little bit bigger, uh, it's uh, for some reason, I don't know, like there were, uh, there were more, uh, we were more looking forward to it as, uh, you know, just growing up. But um, yes, they, uh, they're, they're an event. I mean, world event. Everybody, uh, everybody is looking forward to to to, to watch the Olympics, to uh, to support their their countries or uh, represent their countries for that matter. So uh, uh, the the feeling hasn't changed. I have a you know I have a chance to represent uh, the country. I have a chance to represent USA, and uh, I'm uh, looking forward to it. You remember the first time you watched the Olympics, Vlatko? What what? What what effect it had on you the first time it struck you anyway? Oof, uh, I can't remember what was the, the first one. I mean, uh, I think the very first Olympics, uh, the Summer Olympics that I remember were actually uh, Los Angeles, uh, the, the the Olympics in LA, and the first Winter Olympics were Sarajevo '84. And one other thing, by the way, I just thought of this again related to the pandemic. I don't think we really got to ask you this, but without getting too much into the weeds, as they say, I, I do wonder those first few months when things were shut down, um, I know you had been in such a habit of so much travel and everything. I just wonder if you could describe a little bit of personally how, how you tried to 
at what you had to do to just make things work during that time and um, whether that was a, a big challenge in those months. Yeah, so the, the very beginning of it was, uh, was tough. And uh, the first couple of weeks, because uh, of the, the unknowns of everything, like what is happening, like what is happening around the world, like nobody could, I mean, obviously, we, nobody could predict something like that. And we were trying to figure out, like, are we going back to work? Are we, you know, are we getting together? Are we going to have camp? The moment we realized that, okay, this is going to be at least for a short period of time, this is our way of life. Now, the, 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 the approach or the way we're going to do this is by being creative. We're going to make it work, okay? But we're going to have to get creative. So, so for for me personally, uh, the actually, uh, I the first thing I did is I I went into a regiment that that I felt like okay, this is how my my life is going to be, and this is how I'm going to function. Okay, I wake up, I'm going to do my workout, I'm going to get a cup of coffee and go for a walk with my wife. And that's how every day is going to start, regardless of uh, what, I, what I have. My, st- my day is going to start at 9 a.m. And before 9 a.m., these are the two things that I will do every day. 9 a.m., I go, I go to work, and that's when we, uh, when we started our staff meetings. In the, the, first, uh, the first couple of weeks was all planning. Like, what are we going to do? If we have one month, what are we going to do if we have two months? What are we going to do if we have three months? So we, we went into deep planning of things that we would want to achieve short term, uh, mid, midterm and long term. Uh, and we had all these goals and it's, it happened that we were, we went long term. Uh, we, we achieved all our long term goals, but uh, nobody expected that uh, early on. And that's uh, that's how we started uh, started working in the. Uh, we did uh, we did a lot of things. We achieved a lot of things. Uh, we uh, we had lots of projects that uh, we fulfilled. There were some. Uh, there's some projects that uh, they're still going on. Uh, but uh, we've. Uh, I mean, we're very happy with uh, where we ended up. Well, what was it like the first time you saw the team in person again? And and when when was that? It was it was weird a little bit, but in same time not that much because it was October of 2020. We were in Denver, Colorado, and part of the reason why it wasn't as weird as I thought it was going to be because we had so many Zoom calls and so many so many team meetings, group meetings, individual meetings that it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And I had a chance to see him during the summer in the in the Challenge Cup in Utah. Where that was, uh, well, I didn't see him as a team. I saw some of the players individually, but it was kind of weird uh, uh, because uh, I could talk to them, but I had to be at a distance. Uh, and uh, I was on one side of the fence; they were on the other side of the fence, and we have a conversation. But uh, it's, uh, it was, it, it, like I said, it was weird, but not as bad, just because of the fact that uh, uh, video calls helped us a lot. Was it kind of emotional just to see them again, though, when you when you finally finally did? Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, we we spend so much time together, and all of a sudden, like everything stops. But uh, we're getting back to normal again. Like I said, uh, uh, slowly but surely, we start spending more time together. And uh, I have a chance to see him in the, in the league games now. I have a chance to see him now. We were for two weeks in Texas. We're and uh, we're week off and then we go back together for the send of series and uh, then off to Japan. What was the message to them uh, during those Zoom calls? Were you trying to keep them 
their spirits up? Um, yeah, so we had different different types of calls, different types of uh, meetings. We had meetings where they were uh, educational for us, like what are the areas that we want to grow in uh, as a team from the from the, t- uh, the from the tactical perspective. So, uh, how are we going to evolve our game model? What is our game idea? Let uh, uh, do the, the, the work on the details. But then we had uh, meetings where we had uh, group meetings uh, when we worked on certain things. So individually and then individual meetings but then we had uh, meetings where we uh, where we uh, worked on our on our culture on our uh, team chemistry but then uh, we had uh, meetings uh, where we worked uh, or where we talk about motivations and, insp- and inspirational meetings and then uh, we had meetings where or uh, things that we did that were just uh, to keep us busy and get our mind off of uh, off of everything else that was going around us uh, at the time so we, we were trying to to change it and not keep it uh, keep it with one thing just so we can throw them off a little bit or sometimes we'll let it go for for a little period of time where they relax or and then we'll, we'll go for two three meetings in a row so we're constantly moving different things so they don't they don't fall into one regimen like uh, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or every Tuesday, Thursday. It was it was all the time. It was like, oh, now I got this. Oh, now I gotta do this. So just uh, doing doing different things to to keep them busy. Lako, there's been a lot of um, kind of noise about or in Japan about whether the Olympics should go forward right now or things of that nature. How have you processed that? I mean, I guess you can't ignore it. On the other hand, I think you have to ignore it in terms of preparing to go there yes i've been uh, blessed to uh, to be surrounded with a great group of uh, people that, that they give us logistical support and they give us support in any way that we need and uh, our gm kate margraf uh, the team administrator ryan dell they've been on top of everything and the communication uh, officer um Aaron Heifetz, uh, they've been uh, monitoring everything on top of everything and they just give me enough to be in the loop, but not to be bothered with anything, because uh, for us, we're we're in hundred percent. Like that's that's the approach. Like uh, n- nothing else bothers us. Uh, and until they they tell us it's off, we're hundred percent ready. Blanco, when do you have to get down to eighteen? A uh, few days after the last game, after this camp. So on the sixteenth, we finish. Uh, we finished the last game on the 17th, everybody leaves and the coaches uh, stay and the camp review and the uh, work on the on the roster. So I would say about two or three days, uh, three, three or four days after that, I have to announce it to our uh, to the Federation and the Federation uh, will uh, announce it publicly. Okay. And so the, the team that goes to play the Mexico, the friendlies against Mexico and Hartford will be the Olympic yeah, team? Yeah, that will, that will be the team. Okay. Laco, have you have you spent any time just sort of visualizing the actual feeling of being at, at the Olympics? And I, gosh, I, I don't even know this what they're going to do for opening ceremonies this year and how that will work. But have you yes, spent time I, with that? I tried to. I've tried to think a little bit about how everything's going to look and what the, what that experience is going to be like, but. Uh, I still can't get all the way there just because I, I feel like that the most important thing for us right now is besides preparing the team is selecting the team. So we spend a lot of time as a, as a group uh, 
talking about the, the players or the selection of the players and in and myself uh, i spent a lot of time uh, thinking about uh, all all of those players uh, just uh, making sure that uh, we're going to make the, the right decision sr you're at the sporting game uh recently here huh yes yes i was at the game uh, actually i was at uh, the game before that uh in the I was at the last one as, as well. So anytime I have a chance, uh, I go to sporting game. I'm a Kansas City and I, I love every, uh, everything about Kansas City. So any, anything I can do to support uh, Kansas, uh, Kansas City teams, I'll be, yeah, I'll be there. So, uh, uh, and of course, Hugh Williams, um, they play tomorrow. And uh, have you gotten a chance to see them play yet? Yes, I was at the, every game that they played uh, so far, whether it was Challenge Cup or the the regular season. So, and if I'm if I'm in town, I'm there. Okay. And part of I mean part of it is because uh, because uh, uh, it's my job. I feel like I have to be there first for the for for the team for that is there for for Kansas City team, but also for the team that it, uh, that comes to play Kansas City. There is always something that uh, I probably need to see. That's one thing, but uh, the other part is uh, the emotional part. I mean, uh, Kansas City will always have a special uh, place in my heart. Uh, you know, that's the team that we won two championships uh, with. Uh, I was uh, two that was 2014 and 15, and uh, even though that the majority of, the, of those players are gone, uh, we still have a few originals that uh, that were there in those years. Right. So I'm going to be there for them. Mako, it, it's interesting. You still live here. You have such an affection for Kansas City. But I, I think your profile has probably changed in terms of you know, national and international recognition. That it, has, it, has it been something to get used to, to, to be recognized more that way in, in your role? I mean, uh, you know, it, it has changed. But uh, uh, I feel like uh, I constantly remind myself that uh, – that uh, the position is what gets the recognition. It, it's, it's not me. I mean, I don't. I don't deserve that. I, you know, um, I'm Vladko. You know, I still want to go to sporting game. I want to go to Kansas City game. I want to. I want to go to lunch with, with my friends, and I want to go for a kick around with uh, with the Comets boys, and uh, I want to be out with my family. So I. And I'm still doing it. It's, it's not that uh, any of that is going to change because that. That's who I am, but the position is uh, is what uh, gets the recognition. So, you know, <laughs> who, uh, who knows? A couple of years from now, maybe somebody else in that position, and that's that's the person that is going to get the recognition and not me. So that's why it, it doesn't bother me at all. That don't even think about it. So I, I I understand that whoever is in that position is going to get the recognition, but I'm going to go about my life the way I have always done. We're certainly lucky you're still Vlatko. Otherwise, you might not be here talking with us. <laughs> hey, Vlatko, I, 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 I've got one last Olympic question. You, the, the, the women's national team has dominated all the competitions that's been in recently, except the previous Olympics. And so I'm just wondering if, if that uh, serves as uh, motivation or inspiration for this group, for this task. Uh, any anything that we can that we can talk about, anything that we can uh, look at as a motivation, we're going to take it, and that is certainly one thing that uh, we we're going to use as a uh, as an extra motivation, as an extra boost, 
as uh, as well as the 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 like I said earlier, the appetite to to get better in uh, in every in in every aspect, and the the appetite of uh, of winning without even thinking about it. So yes, uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to uh, to win every game and be the best version of ourselves every time we step on the field. What did you think of your draw in the group stage? Um... You know, Olympics. Uh, Olympics are hard because uh, less teams, uh, regardless of who you draw, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. But the fact that we that we drew uh, Sweden, who's been uh, historically a tough opponent for us, and then uh, we drew two very good teams in New Zealand and Australia that uh, have coaches that have previously coached the U.S. Women national team uh, in recent era uh, and have uh, inside knowledge on the team is not something that uh, we're uh, super excited about, but. Uh, uh, we go with the mindset that uh, if not in the group stage, we were going to have to uh, we were going to have to uh, face them in the knockout stage. So, with uh, with twelve teams, you're gonna you're gonna play the best uh, at some point. So, might as well uh, start uh, start them early. Laco, I'm thinking a little bit about what it must be like to to in international competition, particularly to represent a country and to have your background and represent the USA. At, is that emotional for you? It is. I mean, uh, every every time I step on the field, whether it's a game or or even training or or meeting, it is emotional. It's uh, it's uh, it's super fulfilling, and uh, and uh, it just uh, sometimes you you think about it, uh, you know, gives you gives you goosebumps to to be surrounded with the players that uh, that, that you're surrounded with or people that you that you're surrounded with. I mean, they're you know these these players are, uh, are are superstars. You know they're they're uh, just uh, un unbelievable. Uh, you know unbelievable people, so unbelievable successful people. That you know they've they've succeeded in the, everything they they've done in their lives. So just uh, you know the 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 fact that uh, that I have a chance to um, to work with them is uh, very humbling for me and uh, very fulfilling. So I'm I'm enjoying every second of it. Is it is it in any way different to have a, a, a match that you know say is in a, a a professional league than it is to have one with countries uh names across the, the jerseys? Oh it's not it's not even comparison. It's not even comparison. I mean uh, when uh, when you're standing on when you're standing on the sideline and the national anthem is going and uh, right after that the players are lining up for a picture. I mean that's a, that, that. Those are moments that uh, you 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 can't just describe with words. You, it's just uh, it's a, it's a feeling that uh, no no you, there, there are no words that can describe it. It's just a different feeling, and uh, you know butterflies are going and things are going through your head. It's it's just enjoyable to be part of it. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. 
Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Well, hey, howdy, folks. My name's Ted Lasso, and this here is my good pal, Coach Beard. Say hi, Coach. Hey. Uh, anyway, it's our honor and pleasure to officially introduce to y'all the 2020, well, now 2021, U.S. Olympic women's soccer team. What do you say, Coach? It's an honor. Let's do it. Start us off with the goalkeepers, Coach. We got our 2019 World Cup hero, Alyssa Nair, and then from the spectacular state of Kansas, smack dab in the middle, this son of a gun called America, is Adriana French. Our defenders will be led by team captain Becky Sauerbrunn. Mm-hmm. Got a couple veterans also, Crystal Dunn. Kelly O'Hara. Oh, who we saw in King and I. Different Kelly O'Hara. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. I mean, we, that'd be too much talent for God to put into one woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Be able to do Broadway and play soccer. Ooh. Okay. Uh, also, we got some first-time Olympians. We got Abby Dahl Kemper, Deanna Davidson, mm-hmm. and Emily Saucy Sonnet. Hey, what number is Emily Sonnet wear? She's gonna wear fourteen. Mm-hmm. Now, can you spit us a couple lines from Sonnet fourteen, please? Not from the stars, do I, my judgment fuck. And yet, methinks I have astronomy. Woo-hoo-hoo! The internet has got nothing on my man, Coach Beard. In the midfield, we have the indomitable Julie Ertz, married to Zach Ertz, who says she's the best athlete in the family. Boom. Ooh, that's a good burn, and I bet she's right. All right, we also got the magical Rose Lavelle. She you may remember from scoring that second goal in the World Cup final, and also, she looks a lot like Daisy from Downton Abbey. Mm-hmm. Again, also, perfect name for a candle. Like, what are you going to get? I'm going to get the Rose Lavelle. Romantic. Like, right up there with sandalwood. Hey, thanks again for that sandalwood candle you got me last Arbor Day. You're very welcome, all right? I'd love to get a Rose Lavelle one for the next Valentine's Day. We also got the Tower of Power, Samantha Mewis. And her older sister, Christy Mewis. Look at that. That's like a whole situation there. Two sisters on the same thing, on the same bus. You know, they're reading each other's minds. And everybody's getting all frustrated with them whenever they play celebrity or like, you know, charades. They're just like, Mewis, you, you guys can't be on the same team. You know, because, you know, sisters can talk without, you know, moving their mouth. Yeah, it disrupts yeah. the social vibe and yet enriches unity at the same time. Yeah, it's a good it's a good thing to have. Sisters are the best. And wrapping up the midfield, Lindsay the Great Horan. Mm-hmm, yep. I remember when she was just the good. Now, moving on to our forward line, we got five of the best attackers in all of women's soccer history, okay? Up first, we have the one and only cultural icon, and someone you can just tell gives a hell of a high five, Megan Rapino. Also won the Golden Boot and the Golden Ball at the last World Cup. I don't know why they don't give two Golden Boots. Seems weird just to have one. And then you're walking around, you just sort of, you know, one. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're going to have a limp. It's going to screw up your Achilles for the next tournament. Oh, maybe yeah. it's slow down greatness. Ah, uh, they're always thinking. Soccer's always a step ahead. They always are. But not too far ahead. Otherwise, that's offside. Well done, coach. Well done. Uh, we also got the legendary Carly Lloyd. Hat trick in the World Cup final before that. And why don't they give you a golden hat when you get a, a, a hat trick? You know, you get a boot if you do something great. You get a golden boot, you should get a golden hat. Coach, we finished this whole Richmond thing. You better go work for FIFA. 
Amen, right? Or amen. Also, we got hanging out up there, Kristen Press, Manchester United, and the wildly entertaining Tobin Heath, also Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Who is that, by the way? I've never heard of them all. I'm just kidding. Only one of the biggest franchises in the history of sports of all time. Well, we're leaving off one member of that forward squad. No, I am not. You talking about super duper soccer mom extraordinaire, Alex Morgan? Right? Who, who recently added a new goal celebration to her repertoire. One that, she, one that she picked up from us from a satellite camera that I was unaware of the fact was filming us at practice. And, um, yeah. I mean, flattered, but also a little, little spooked out. Yeah, and I want to know what else she has in the hopper celebration-wise. Well, that's a good point. Alex, if you're looking for suggestions, um, you know, that's always good, right? You know what I mean? This- is this, the ma- is this the mashed potato? What is this? We're just a shimmy. That's the monkey, I believe. That's the monkey. Just a shimmy. No one shimmies anymore. You know what I mean? Just a little shimmy. All right, coach. Let's take it home with our alternates. Goalkeeper, Jane Campbell. Mm-hmm. We got uh, our defender, Casey Krueger. No relation to Fred. Midfielder, Katarina Macario. And forward, Lynn Williams. All right, there you have it. Those are the 18 women that will be representing our country, the United States, in the 2021. 21, you know, Olympics, right? In Japan, you know what I mean? And, uh, boy, you know, we haven't messed with an Olympics since, since this bad boy right here, since, you know, we did the time trials for the curling team, right? That was the best week of our lives. That was amazing. We were both, we were broom stewards, you know, we're just rushing out the brooms, making sure there's no, nothing, nothing crusty or like, you know, any uh, newspaper or anything caught in there. And this, it took place in Blaine, Minnesota. No, here's a fun fact for you. Blaine, Minnesota, first place the U.S. women's soccer team ever played. Back in 1986. All comes full circle. Here's another fun fact for you. In this year's Olympics, the U.S. is trying to become the first women's national soccer team to win the World Cup and the Olympics back-to-back. Never happened before. We got we to let coach. We got to let their coach know. Give their coach a shout-out. Shout-out, North Macedonia. Is he from North Macedonia? Yeah. Oh, what street? Here's, here's what I say. This is a big tip. This is, one, this is what I learned. Every time they kick the ball, it's not coming at you. You know, you don't always have to duck. You know, these pro soccer players, they kick the heck out of that ball. Oh, my God. And it always sounds like it's, it's like, it's, it's like, you know, you don't have to do that. All right, here's one more tip for Vlatko. You should learn the local language while you're over there in Japan. And we actually got a few phrases uh, that you can use just, you know, at your disposal, right? Uh, Coach, why don't you hit him with one? Doki doki wa tachitachua picnic ni ikimasu. And that means sometimes we go on picnics. All right? Uh, that's a great one. Uh, what's another one, Coach? Shaku hayaku donatsu wo kudasai. And that means, please bring me 1,000 donuts quickly. And then uh, hit him with one more, Coach. I don't know what that one is. What does that mean? I do not speak Japanese. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I wouldn't know that because I do speak Japanese. Okay. Thanks again so much for having us. Uh, again, my name is Coach Ted Lasso. Uh, this is Coach Beard. And, uh, hey, you know, Coach, you know, I was just realizing, you know what would look real nice next to... Uh, you know, one of them golden hats from a hat trick that they've yet to come up with, or the golden boot that Megan's won. What the? Gold medal. Uh... That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Pickett, and Savannah Smith. Hey, you can read Vahe's story on Vladko and Anofsky in the show notes here. 
and links to other stories can be found on kansascity.com. Hey, we got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear only on the website. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month, unless you cancel. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the e-edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. If you're having trouble hunting down any of the offers, just send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I will get you to the right place. So whether it's a sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting in supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Tuesday talking Royals. Join us then.